Hello, and welcome to Survivor Stories. My name is Jacob Little, and I've created this podcast for survivors. When I say survivors, I mean survivors of child abuse, survivors of addiction, survivors of the prison system, survivors of domestic violence, survivors of institutional child abuse. I'd like to give a trigger warning. This podcast will be real and raw as fuck. We will be interviewing survivors and also services that are helping survivors on their journey. Having lived experience of institutional child abuse and the prison system, I encourage all survivors to speak up. Hey guys, hope everyone's had a great day. I've got an anonymous podcast on here today talking about her time um, in the prison systems and also some other pretty cool things that she's been through in her life and how she's turned it all around. So I'd like to say good day. How's your day been, mate? Yeah, good, good, thanks. That's the way, that's the way. I suppose I um, want to kick it straight off and, and get right into um, how you grew up and whereabouts um, you were from. Yeah, so um, I grew up uh, mostly here in Adelaide, um, I was moved from Sydney. Um, basically, you know, my mother was in a domestic violence relationship um, where my father would burn all her clothes um, and she would uh, pack her things and then obviously, you know, we moved down here. Um, yeah. Yeah, okay. So uh, where, where yeah. were you living before then, before you moved down to Adelaide? Uh, we were in Sydney. Okay. Yeah. So how old were you when, when this sort of happened? Uh, so I was about three. Yeah, okay. So do you have much memories of that or? Uh, just, you know, the uh, the actions of where, you know, he would run into the house um, drinking, uh, grab her clothes. He would go out to the bin where he had it on fire. Uh, he'd throw all her clothes in there and then he'd come in and we'd try and salvage her clothes, you know, hide them and then, when it was over, we'd be like, you know, oh, we'll save you some clothes, you know. And then um, I guess that was one of the turning points for her. Then she moved us down to here to Adelaide. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll just jump straight into it. That's okay. Yeah, <laughs> so basically, good. yep. Um, so growing up here, um, you know, I come from a large family. Uh, in the 80s, you know, there was a lot of, you know, parents could go out, leave their kids at home. Um, so my mum was one of those. Uh, she met my, you know, stepdad um, and she would go out party all the time and we'd get looked after by, you know, older siblings or, you know, whoever. Uh, and um, anyways, uh, it was good, you know, um, but then, you know, things got turned for the worse, uh, you know, with um, being abused um, as a child. Went through that uh, with the an older sibling um so yeah uh, not knowing you know when you're young what that means to you um my older other older sibling she went through that with my stepdad and when she tried to come out um my mother's response was a bit different from how i remember it was more like she was lying um they didn't believe her so for me um I, I hid that from my my mum 
about the abuse that I was getting, you know, from my older sibling. Uh, so, yeah, so I, that, that continued for a while, a few years, and then, uh, you know, brought his friends, you know, and then, uh, yeah, just, you know, other people started joining in. Eventually it all stopped. Uh, we moved area. Um, I was in high school then. Uh, being a teenager, you kind of understand what what happened to you when you're younger. You know, it, it kind of makes sense. Uh, it means uh, a lot of things differently. So um, for me, the only way I could deal with it was I try to commit suicide. Um, I went to school with my friend. We made a little pact because she she was going through some kind of abuse herself at home. Uh, so her mum was a nurse, so she raided her cupboards and we got whatever we could get together. And then at school, at one lunchtime, we decided, yep, this is the day. So, yeah, we, you know, we took all the pills and then the teachers found out. So we ended up going to the hospital. You know, they tried to pump our stomachs. And then, uh, yeah, so they tried to send us to counselling and stuff for that. Uh, I never spoke. I just didn't want to acknowledge it. Didn't want to really, you know, the pain, you know, of what what happened. Um, so, yeah, so my way of dealing with that, I just, yeah, just um, ran a bit of a muck. Um, got into my, uh, in my 20s, and then I started um, experimenting. So, yeah, so that was just an occasional thing. Um, and that helped kind of escape everything that I was feeling and numbing it as well. Yeah. Uh, hang around a group of friends. You know, we go hang out with other friends. Anyways, one day, you know, I got involved, like, you know, associating with these people. And uh, anyways, one day they come to my house, play a drinking game because I used to go to their place all the time to drink. And uh, little did I realise that they um, spiked my drink before they got there. Apparently there was they put raw hypnols in the wine. So when I was playing this game, I was, I was thinking, you know, why aren't they drinking? It was just me that was losing and, you know, they were laughing. Anyways, uh, I started to feel lightheaded. I got up, they said, come out for share. And then that was it. I didn't remember nothing. To the next day, I woke up. Uh you know, there was somebody there next to me and I was just like, what the hell? So, you know, I went out and my friend, she's like, are you okay? And I said, no, I don't think so. And then um, I had, there had been, um, you know, evidence that, you know, I was raped. Um, yes, yeah, so that, that was hard. Um, because I was still, I was still a bit seedy. Like I asked this bloke to leave because I, I was just like, yeah, I don't know why he was there. He was like, no, you know, half naked in the bed. And I was just like, get out, just go. Like, you know, he left. My friend, she's like, you know, again, are you okay? And I said, I don't know why. She goes, look, she goes, I tried to come into your room last night. She was like, you know, there was like five blokes there. And she goes, look, they held a knife to my throat, told me to get the fuck out. Um, otherwise, you know, you're next. Don't say nothing to nobody. So she freaked it. She left. She left me. Um, yeah, so memories uh, within the week started popping back. Like I had little like five, 
five second snippets of things that happened. Yeah. Um, my parents were called down, so they found out. Um, you know, they try to you know make me do charges and stuff. I won't put them on charges. I had the police called in. They come down, put the statements in. Um, then they left. Not long after that, the next day, um, these people that um, had raped me were associated or affiliated with gang members. So I had a, a gang member ring my phone, threaten my life. I went through. So, yeah, I um, I dropped the charges, you know, out of fear of uh, you know, my family. Um, after that, uh, once the charges were dropped, they kept coming around, made me feel like I wasn't worth anything. Maybe I felt like it was my fault. I, I really started to second guess myself and thought less about my character and who I was. Um, so yeah, that destroyed me for a while. Um, I hit the drugs harder as a way to escape my reality. Um, by then, you know, I got involved with something else and because I had access to a lot of the drugs, um, I gave myself a really bad addiction for a few years. Yeah. Um, from the time I wake up, basically, to the time I went to sleep, um, you know, I was smoking, smoking the ice and just blocking everything out. It was... Um, Full on. <laughs> um, there were times in that when I was on it that I wanted to stop. Um, I At the time I had a partner and I was reaching out for help and he just turned his back on me. Um, you know, rolled over, went to sleep when I said, look, I need help. I need to get off it. Like it's, I don't want to be on this anymore. My body was aching like I'd get like chest pains when I tried to stop. So the only way I could fix it would just get back on it and it would just disappear. You know, it was it was horrible. Like it was my body wanted it, but it was actually physically making me sick that I did not want it. Hmm. So it was a, a real fight. Um, so yeah, uh, he didn't help at all. Um, so uh, yeah, I just I just went straight on it until um, I got pregnant when my um, my oldest son, and then uh, I stopped. I gave up straight away once I found out. Yeah. Um, there was just something that said, yeah, no. Uh, yeah, so after that, I was, um, you know, with the father, I was in a domestic violent relationship there for a while, for a few years. Um, and then I just, you know, one day I just, I had enough, you know, um, and then I left. Um, and then, you know, I started getting back into the, drug side of things and dealing and that ended up um giving me a prison sentence okay. yep how long did um, you serve so originally my sentence was uh i think six months on the bottom 12 months on top yep um i did five months in the prison women's prison and then the about a month due to before I get out, they decided to charge me. And that's when um, 
they uh, appealed it and then they resentenced me to seven and a half years or three and a half from the bottom. Um, in that time, uh, you know, I was in, in, in the jail. Um, I ended up working, getting a job inside in the kitchens. Yeah. And there, uh, you know, I um, yeah, got into a, a course, a cooking course they offered. Okay. So I jumped, I jumped in onto that um, and got my certificate. So I got my cert two in kitchen operations. Yeah. Um, I was speaking to the, the lecturer and he said, look, if you ever get out, he goes, you come see me. He goes, you know, if you weren't interested in getting back into this area, he goes, come see me. He goes, I'll be able to connect you up and give you help, you know, and support. I said, okay, no worries. Um, yeah, so then um, eventually, you know, uh, I did 15 months in night inside. Um, I got out on home detention. Yep. I served uh, 28 months on home detention. Yeah. Um, and then now I'm doing four years parole. Um, and I've done since then, I've, you know, I've come out, I've studied, I've went to TAFE um, and I've got my, you know, done commercial cookery, patisserie. And then from there, I was able to get in game employment. Yeah, it's a, it's a really cool story. And I just want to say congratulations and I'm proud of you of how far you've come from what you've been through to what you are today, you know. Um, I've seen some of your cakes that you bake. They're pretty. They're pretty special. You should be, yeah, really proud of yourself. They're, they're cool. Yeah, thank you. Did, you. did you ever think when you were sitting in prison making in cakes how far you would come and how 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 much you would achieve and that you'd see yourself in this position? No, yeah. When you know, being inside, um, as you would know, you know, some days, some days you just you think you're never going to get out. It's it's impossible. You know it it's like it seems like that takes forever as soon as you're like you're trying and trying and it's just taking longer and longer yeah. but um yeah when I got out um I was determined to, um yeah to get get into it you know I needed to change my life around I didn't want to go back go back in mm. um because yeah but nah I mean I used to make cakes inside there and the girls would love it they always know knew yeah when there was a birthday They'd come and ask me, "Oh, can you make me a cake?" <laughs> yeah, it was good. Yeah. Did you ever used to make caramel slices? No, my other friend did, but yeah, yeah. yeah. More the cakes, eh? Yeah, more the cakes. So we used to make like a uh, chocolate balls. So they're like um, crushed biscuits with caramel, and then you roll them in chocolate and coconut. Yep. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, we make um bounty bar so basically whatever you know we could get on our buyers we just create something from that and yeah yeah that's cool yeah. i sort of um just wanted to maybe jump back into a few questions about when you were growing up about about the abuse um yep. just so other people can sort of maybe be able to relate to your story um so when when you were going through the through the abuse I know that you said that it made you second guess. Sorry, second guess yourself. Um, how else did it make you feel after after that had happened? And what what were you sort of thinking about back then? Um, I don't know. Honestly, I just yeah, I just wanted to escape everything. Mike said my mother didn't believe my stepsister, so I just felt alone, uh, lost, confused, very confused. 
you know, like uh, I think someone said in an earlier podcast, you know, they, they take away um, your first time for a lot of things that you just, you don't get back. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you know, when you some, you sometimes, you, can, you know, some friends, they'll say, oh, you know, my first was this, this, this. And then they're like, they'll ask you, so, you know, what have your first time? And then you, I will just sit there and I'll just be like, oh, I, I don't remember. Can't remember. Yeah. Because I was too. I was scared, yeah, and ashamed of, you know, what happened. I didn't want them to know. Yeah, I understand that. And um, you said you said that you tried to block it out, is that right? Yeah. You got on drugs? Yeah. Yeah, so um, that's very similar to myself, you know. I spent a lot of years drinking, partying, not realising, you know, what, what was really happening there until, you know, as I get a bit older and think about it, what was happening there. So it's, um, are you clean at the moment? Yeah. So I haven't, um, done it for touched any drugs actually for coming up. My son's nearly 12. So yeah, nearly 12 years. Yep. 13. Oh, that's really good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when I was in, in the prison, I did the, I went through NA, which is Narcotics Anonymous. So, um, you know, I sat in there and I and did some classes in there. And then when I got out, part of my, you know, conditions was to seek counselling and and see do NM meetings out here as well. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's something that's always going to be with you. You're always going to carry it, you know. Um, some people can hide it better than others. Um, some people can deal with it better than others. I guess everybody's dealing mechanism is different, you know. Yeah. That's so true. I've been um off drink um partying since the third of January, so I'm feeling pretty good about that. And there is days, you know, when I think about you know, having a drink, having a party. I'm not gonna not do it in the rest of my life, but at the moment, you know, my life's really good, being clean, just training, um, staying mentally focused for work for myself, you know, if I had a big weekend it wrecks me. It takes a couple of days to come good. Um, I just don't know if I could deal with it these days, but it's um it's good that you've been clean for so long. Should give yourself a pat on the back. Are you still attending meetings or No, um I my life schedule's a bit hectic now, so yeah, I don't have time. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, these days I throw myself into work, so then yeah, I I keep myself busy to kind of stay out of trouble because like you said, you know, there there is that feeling of something calling you or you know trying to pull you towards that way and you try and push yourself away so you don't yeah yeah when you said you got charged and you went to prison um Mm -hmm. what what were your charges um so i got done for um trafficking okay and and dealing in um illegal prescription drugs yeah okay What was it like on on your day of sentencing? Were you were you paranoid? Were you scared? Did you have a good idea of what you were going to get? You would have been um, feeling a bit funny about having you know that little small sentence, and then they probably would have been throwing big numbers at you. Yeah, I and when I got done, I I knew I was going in. Um, you know, I had an officer at the time that that arresting officer was like, oh, you know, you're going to get big time for this and I said yeah he goes you know what you're roughly looking at and I said probably about six years 
um, because that's what I had in mind um, from what my lawyer said. And then um, when I got the six months, you know, 12 months, uh, I was I was like cheering. I thought, oh, okay, <laughs> cool. But then, um, yeah, surprise, surprise, I got the heavier one and then I was just like, damn, you know. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. You, nothing you can do about it, but, um, yeah, I just had to get my mindset changed when I went into jail that, you know, this is this is my life now. I'm here for a few years. Um, you know what I mean? Like you I, you got to try and worry about what's going on yourself and the jail, at, you know, in everyday life than what's going on on the outside. Yeah. yeah. When, you, um, yeah. when you were done for drug trafficking, if you don't mind me asking, you don't have to say, what, what sort of drugs did you sell? Um, so I was doing um, the ice, the meth, uh, the pills. Yeah. Were you making good coin? Yeah. Yeah. But it's definitely not worth the jail time. Nah, it's not. It's definitely not. It's, um, it's really good that you're working now. You've really turned the negative into a positive And, you know, a lot of people don't get out and do that, you know, especially learning skills from in prison and now you're getting out and using them that's a really it's a really good story i'm yeah blessed to be able to hear it what does your sort of day look like now compared to when you're drug trafficking um so now basically i could get up anywhere from say 3 30 in the morning to or seven in the morning uh and start work um you know i'll you know, come home, um, you know, I'll pick up my kids from school, we'll come back, I'll just cook and uh, put them to bed, you know, homework and stuff. And that's pretty much my daily routine. Um, I would sometimes either work six or seven days a week. So my week is yeah, pretty busy. Um, yeah. And I like being kept busy. So, you know, it, it works well for me. Um, it keeps me out of trouble <laughs> in the field. I might revert back, which I do not want to, but um, no. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's really cool. And um, what do you think was the toughest point in your jail sentence for you? Like, could be like a personal thing, a fight, or a hard situation, loss of family member. What was the hardest thing for you during your prison sentence? The hardest thing for me was being the the devastation of my kids when they come for a visit. Um, them leaving in basically screaming, crying, uh, latching on, trying to let go, asking to stay with me was the hardest mm. um, because, you know, they could walk out and stay, you can say see ya, but, you know, you, you couldn't go home with them. Um, yeah, I think that that was the hardest. Yeah, yeah, it's very hard, you know. I've seen, I've seen it from from both sides, you know. I I grew up visiting my dad from ten years old, so I know what it's like, you know, have to leave your parent behind. And also, from the other side, seeing I don't have kids, but you know, seeing your loved one go, <clears throat> it's always hard. It's always a hard visit, you know. It's emotional um, when they leave, definitely. You go back Definitely. to the cell and you feel like shit, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, um, I think I might ask you one last question, then we'll wrap it up. Um, 
how would you, or would you give any recommenders uh, recommendations to survivors on on how they could heal if they sort of sitting on the fence thinking about maybe telling somebody or they haven't told anybody? Um, what would you recommend for somebody to to heal? That's a hard one because yeah, like I said, everybody everybody heals um, differently. Um, you know, for me, um, it's something that never goes away. It's still there. Some things are very raw. Um, some things, you know, you can let go and survive and pass. Um, so yeah, I have wouldn't have no idea. Sorry. <laughs> um, just yeah, it just if you feel safe enough to talk to somebody to get it out, that you know that that's good. Um, if not, you know, just try and take one day as it comes, and you know, just yeah, try and find something to clear your mind. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, thank you for your time tonight, mate, and uh, I'm really happy for you and proud of you how far you come. You are beating the no. system. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks, mate. I would like to thank everyone who is following Survivor Stories for being a part of our community. If you would like to follow our journey on social media, we are on Facebook and Instagram at About Time for Justice, which is spelled about A B O U T Time T I M E for F O R Justice. J-U-S-T-I-C-E There is no spaces. That is all one word. We also have Twitter, but unfortunately we could not get the same name. Our handle is about time 4 ju one We also have a website, abouttimeforjustice.com We also encourage all of our listeners to jump on to our closed-off Facebook prison support group which is called Beating the System you can find all the links in this podcast in the details section below we would love to hear your story if you would like to be a guest on our show please hit me up if you found any value from this podcast I would ask you to pay a small fee and of course that is only if you found value we do not charge or run any ads at the moment I ask if you could please subscribe, leave a review and to tell one friend about our show.